if Theresa May can say that Jeremy Corbyn's going to increase taxes for everybody, I'm allowed to say that Theresa May is going to spend suspend human rights <laughs> for everybody. Those things are equally true. Hello, I'm Ewan. And I'm Sean. And welcome to The Abyss. So, Sean, how comfortable are you calling this episode, Theresa May is a witch? <laughs> um... I'm not, although it is quite refreshing not to have to be impartial. Three things to discuss today. We're going to talk very briefly about Theresa May being a, a witch. Uh, we're going to be talking about Diane Abbott um, <laughs> stepping back, stepping down for health reasons. And then we will round off by giving our predictions for the general election, because this episode could go up on the day of voting. <laughs> Theresa May yes. has announced... So this was less than 24 hours before the end of campaigning, actually. The British government will make it more difficult for suspected terrorists to enter and exit the country and increase control over where terrorists are detained. And she said, to finish off this statement, I don't know if you've seen the video, it might have shocked you as much as it shocked me. She kind of goes on about how it's very necessary for us to control uh, immigration is very necessary for us to have for police to have greater power when they detain people or um, research suspects yep. and then she just rounds it off by saying and if human rights get in the way then we will remove those human rights so i don't agree with being harsher on suspects it flies in the face of the um the principle of innocent until proven guilty which is a human right that the one that Theresa May seems to have the most issue with. Um, um, the other one that she seems to have issue with is not deporting people to countries where they could be in danger of losing their lives. Um, she also sees this one as inconvenient. The question here, though, is if there is ample evidence that someone is about to carry out an attack on British soil that will harm and or kill British citizens, many people would argue that greater measures should be at the disposal of the government and law enforcement to prevent such attacks. Now, I would like to point out the timing of the announcement of this particular policy is one of the nastiest things about it, given that it comes just a couple of days after the most recent attack in London. If ever there was a time where you could accurately call someone an opportunist, I think this would be it. Talking more about what the policy means, um, since the London attack, there have been a Labour slammed the Tories, um, specifically Theresa May, over the cuts to policing, saying that the cuts to policing were one of the biggest factors in slowing the response of the police force. In the weeks that followed, I don't know how much television news you watch, Sean, there have been a lot of police commissioners being interviewed on the television. They have, yes. And every single one of them, because they are not partisan at all and they want to be apolitical, says, yeah, no, I'm, we're really proud of the police um, who were there in London that day. It was really good. But more resources would be useful. Yeah. You know, we need more resources to effectively combat terror. So Theresa May hears this. Theresa May will have a lot of advisors on her team uh, when it comes to security who will say, well, Theresa, what we need is more resources. We need more police officers and we need to put more money into funding policing to save people's lives, Theresa. And then she goes, hmm, do you know what I think we need? A change in legislation. Uh, for <laughs> the, 
no, no, Teresa. We, we we don't need to change the legislation. The legislation's good, Teresa. It, it's modernised and it's thoroughly equipped to deal with terrorism. What we need is more people because currently police officers some of them are working 16 hour shifts some of them are working seven days a week Teresa the a thousand extra armed police officers you put onto the streets of London weren't reserves Teresa they were just taken from other areas leaving areas like Manchester more vulnerable to attack Teresa I hear what you're saying guys <laughs> and I think we're going to go have changed human rights because I personally have been campaigning on this issue for quite a while Theresa May was disappointed when the manifesto came out that it didn't change human rights. And this is her Listen. opportunistically forcing for a policy she's a fan of. Finished? It's worth noting, however, that whilst you and I may not agree with this particular move to varying degrees, a lot of people, certainly a lot of people that I've spoken to, have posited the idea that human rights might be getting in the way of law enforcement, not just in reference to terrorism but in reference to everything i've had plenty of people argue to me also that those who are incarcerated should perhaps have fewer human rights than they do now my main problem with this policy is actually not the removal of human rights it's the ignoring of innocent until proven guilty i think those two are the same thing i think that the idea of human rights is these are fundamental ways in which human beings should be treated regardless of class, creed, gender or or, or situation, mm. you know. Yeah. You can be retired, working, incarcerated, a child, a police officer, you receive these same rights to manipulate them uh, for what is solely political gain is disgusting. Now, you brought this point up earlier, and I'll revisit it. Nonsensical to make the changes she's making. They aren't going to be effective, and they are not what the country needs. But you agree that there are people who like the sound of these changes. If you say to some people, yeah. we are going to take extra measures to combat terrorism, people will say, wow, what a brilliant idea. It's not. It's a terrible idea, but I understand that it sounds nice. And that's why I think this is disgusting because this is wrong and opportunistic they, she's done this uh, less than a week after a terror attack and less than a week before a general election and yeah I, I, I find the whole thing quite distasteful Sean some of our listeners may not know that it is actually against the law to actively campaign on the day of an election <laughs> so a certain amount of last minute announcing and maneuvering is to be expected this is what this is yeah it's and it, she's done it at such a time where there is probably not enough time left for people to adequately verify the minutiae of the policy mm -hmm. this is why you're not allowed to campaign or announce policy on the day of an election because there is definitely not enough time to for the public to research whether or not a policy is doable whether or not it's true how it's costed all of this kind of thing what Theresa may has done is she has left it as late as is legal to announce something in the hope i suspect that the vast majority of the public won't look into it um i think this sounds like a very reasonable strategy and i think it might fall down um because of social media 
Yes. Because tomorrow there will still be countless people like... That ever-reliable source of accurate facts. If this was 10 years ago and, you know, 12 hours before you you have to stop com- campaigning, you announce something like this, which is so clearly flawed, but might sound good, that doesn't give your critics much time to respond. Labour can say everything they need to say in 12 hours. It's about getting it out. People will still be yeah. sharing that on social media. People will still be tweeting, you know, clips of Keir Starmer talking, of Jeremy Corbyn talking. And I think that will be um, a good thing in the long run. I think hopefully yeah. that makes people slightly more informed. Moving on to the matter of Diane Abbott, who we spoke about a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago after her disastrous interview, first on the radio and then on the television. Firstly, what is the situation? So Diane Abbott has stepped back or stepped down as Shadow Home Secretary, which means that if the Labour Party were to win tomorrow and Jeremy Corbyn were to become Prime Minister, Diane Abbott would not become Home Secretary. It's worth pointing out here, as she has done uh, to the media... She is not stepping down from her seat and she is still standing in her constituency. Diane Abbott is not stepping down as a member of parliament, only stepping back from her cabinet. And also both Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott have been very clear that Diane Abbott was not asked to step down at any point, uh, but she is doing so for health reasons. There are people in the media and on social media uh, who are sceptical of that. Um, maybe fairly so Uh, over the course of the campaign as Sean said she's been disastrous two years ago in the general election uh, Theresa May was home secretary and nobody mentioned her once if somebody had said who's home secretary you wouldn't have been able to answer Diane Abbott is a name that people knew because the media tore her to shreds continuously um, and the conservatives would name drop her with Jeremy Corbyn whenever she could, whenever they could, to tie that relationship together. People saw Diane Abbott as catastrophic, and as an extent they saw the Labour Party as catastrophic. Without trying to seem disrespectful, I am glad that Diane Abbott has stepped down as Shadow Home Secretary, because I think that it could well help Labour come polling day. Frankly, I'm mildly surprised that she wasn't gotten rid of, to be honest. However, as you rightly commented before we started recording, she was the first black female MP. That's not a legacy you want to be actively firing if you're aiming to win an election. I think they've done this fairly well. By saying you think they've done this very well, you you seem to be indicating that it was not just a one-person choice, Ewan. I would be... <laughs> okay, um, I was thinking about this earlier, and then I kind of caught myself thinking about it. The way I thought of it was, if I'm talking to people, I want people to think that Jeremy Corbyn sacked her. Because I want Jeremy Corbyn to look like he is strong and distancing himself from Diane Abbott. So when I talk about it, if I sound like that's what I'm saying, it's not necessarily true, but it's the version (laughs) of events that I would like people to most believe. 
Ashamedly, I will admit that in conversations with people who aren't quite as informed about politics, I do make it sound like Jeremy Corbyn got rid of her. I was not aware that I was doing a podcast with a spin doctor, <laughs> Ewan. But you understand where I'm coming from, right? How very shocking. You understand where I'm coming from? Of course. Because if you'd spoke to a, a person on the street, they would tell you that Diane Abbott was a reason they wouldn't vote Labour. I'm sure that would have been a common response. I reckon yes. second only to Jeremy Corbyn, and just because he has more press. <laughs> People also don't particularly like any of the leaders. Jeremy Corbyn has about 45% approval rating. The 45% of people who approve of Jeremy Corbyn do so quite strongly for the most part. However, you cannot deny, and in fact you've said just this a moment ago, that if Diane Abbott was the second reason that people would cite for not voting Labour, Jeremy Corbyn was the first. This brings us nicely onto our predictions for Election Day. Given that none of the... Leaders are particularly well-liked across the board. And I would agree with you that those people that do like Jeremy Corbyn like him quite a lot. I think there's a large group of people who love him, a large group of people who hate him. But I think there is a sizable group, especially when it's in election terms, who are undecided. I, I don't think they are necessarily undecided on Jeremy Corbyn. I think the reason they appear to be undecided on Jeremy Corbyn is because they are very much decided on Theresa May. In a minute, I may well ask you about voting intent, and I may or may not get an answer. <laughs> but yeah, for the well. minute, I'm going to ask you how you expect it to turn out. How many seats... OK, well, let's start with the easy question. Do you think the Conservatives will maintain their majority it will have a hung parliament or we'll have a Labour majority I suspect we're going to have a Tory majority and do you expect them to increase their majority I do if all of the young people who have registered to vote vote for Labour they stand a chance of winning. Therefore, I would argue that there is a possibility of a hung parliament. There is a very strong possibility of the Tories winning but losing some of their majority. There is a very strong possibility of them maintaining their majority or increasing it. What about you, Ewan? What are your your predictions? What will the exit Uh, poll look like? What colour map will Jeremy Vine be stamping all over, all through the Tory gain, 60 seats is what I'm saying. Part of me, this small, tiny glimmer of hope, uh, wants me to say that they increase by less than 20. If they increase by less than 20, Sean, I'm going to be dancing in the streets. If there's a hung (laughs) parliament, Sean... Yep. Like, I, I honest to God, I would not be able to contain myself. We'll be recording this tomorrow. I'll have had far too much to drink and I'll be in tears, Sean. It'll be tears of joy. <laughs> we can have a Tory minority government for all I care. We can have a Tory liberal coalition and I will be weeping with joy, Sean. Yep. But I'm reckoning they get 60 seats. I wasn't expecting you to be so pessimistic. Labour have made huge strides. If you'd asked me two weeks ago, Sean, I would have told you over 100. 
So this, this is, is you being optimistic. Uh, I think this would be being realistic, but the goalposts have moved, you know. I'm reckoning an increase of 60 seats. You know, is that a landslide? I'm going to look at it glass half full. No, it's not a landslide, Sean. Sean, that's <laughs> a glass half half empty of seats, you know. How do you think the Liberal Democrats are going to do? Do you think they're going to gain? All right, if they gain, it will be by single digits. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I reckon the chance of them hitting double digits is low. The Liberals, I know that when we first spoke about this general election, you were very positive about the Liberal campaign. You thought, here is an opportunity for the Liberal Democrats to get, their, did, yeah. get their figures back up, and uh, that hasn't happened. No, it, it was a promising start. It was a promising start. I genuinely think most of this is down to Tim Farron. I don't think he is a good choice as leader. So much like your position with Diane Abbott, I would not be adverse to his disappearing as a result of losing his seat. I don't think that Tim Farron is as much to blame as in uh, the Labour Party were very interesting, the Conservatives are the incumbent the Liberal Democrats are a boring party. I, I think it's difficult to grab a, grab a headline as a centrist. Right, Sean, let's round this off. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my hands up. I'm voting Tory. They, <laughs> the strong and stable leadership this country needs to guide us through the Brexit negotiations, Sean. And like, if you look at the shambles that the Labour Party has been in this campaign, if you look at Jeremy Corbyn, if you look at John McDonald, and most of all Diane Abbott, you can see that they are, quite frankly, a mess. And I don't trust them. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn opposes our nuclear deterrent. Jeremy Corbyn opposes uh, shoot to kill. And Jeremy Corbyn opposes our Queen. So as far as I'm concerned... There is only one option uh, when it comes to this general election. How about you, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will be voting for my local Labour uh, candidate. I opened this episode with Theresa May's a witch, so I don't think I'm, <laughs> people are worried about. I shall only go so far as to say that I will not be voting for the Tories. Which is progress from where you were when we started this podcast, Sean. <laughs> well, I mean... It could be. For all you know, I could be voting UKIP. Interestingly, because I feel like Jeremy Corbyn's not your man, Sean. If you weren't prepared to vote for Ed Miliband, I'm guessing Jeremy Corbyn's a bit, <laughs> bit f- even further left of that. So I'm going to assume in it's fairness, dissatisfaction with Conservatives and most of the Theresa May. In fairness, um, I didn't like Ed Miliband as a person. I didn't like the way he went about politics. I just didn't particularly like him. I re- I do like Corbyn as a person, and I like the way he goes about his job with respect and integrity, and that he doesn't like all the shouting and PMQs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I will reserve my, my personal political opinions on Labour and the left to myself for the moment. But you will be voting for them. For who? The Labour Party, Sean. And for your local Labour candidate, Sean. Who is, incidentally, a very good candidate. I think that about wraps up. You'll probably hear from us tomorrow uh, for a sombre episode of The Political Abyss. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.